0: You've tuned into a show called Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch and you were expecting a spoiler-free episode. So there are many, many spoilers on this episode. Kripya, Dhyan Dijay. You're listening to a brand new episode of Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. And thank you for all those comments and suggestions where you told us new and interesting ways on how to introduce our show. But after reading all of that, we decided it's just better to go with the way we normally do, which is to say that I'm Janice Aquera, a.k.a. Mrs. Binge Watch. And uh, on the other side of this table is my husband, Mr. Binge Watch, a.k.a. Anirud Guha. The show that we're talking about this week is a show that you need to watch the first three minutes of because... The opening sequence soundtrack is so brilliant, so brilliant, that alone will sort of, you know, I don't know, like, it'll lead you to, like, sticking around and watching the show just because the opening title track is so fantastic.
1: And what's the name of the show?
0: And the show is called The Affair. Oh, (laughs) damn. I was like, shit. Such a great opening, Jadis.
1: And then you (laughs) f***ed it up so royally. No, you didn't. It's all right. You were getting excited about the opening credits, which are pretty cool. But but listen, I mean, The Affair is actually one of those pretty old school shows, which begin with like a nice two minute recap of the last episode. Then it has like a one and a half minute long title track. It's almost like if you've been watching The Affair... For the first three minutes, you can tune out, reply to your emails, go around, get your food together. But that's
0: you... because it's a network no, show, no yeah because, because because That's
1: hai. what I'm saying. It's like, it's nice. I actually now I wait for uh, Mandy Patikin's voice saying last week on Homeland. Because it's been so long since I have watched a recap of any show. Because the way we consume content now, it's like it just moves from episode to episode to episode. Uh, And we don't really take much time in between those episodes, right? But uh, I like that. I like that about the affair. I mean, uh, it's like
0: when Fiona Apple is hitting her last couple of notes, we know that now it is time to start paying attention.
1: Now we need to start paying attention. But the affair started off as a show about pretty much just that, an affair between two individuals, two individuals who are sort of at the crossroads of their life. So Dominic West played Noah Solovey, this guy who's married to this really rich woman played by Maura Tierney called Helen and he's just, you know, he's a struggling novelist who's had one book out which didn't do well at all and he's, you know, sort of dealing with some sort of a midlife crisis because he feels like his wife is more successful than he is and he's Hmm. got three kids and you know, he's this but at the end of the day, he is the perfect member of a happy family. Yeah, you know, he's he got puts four on kids. that kids. He puts on that act and he's really happy to play that role. On the other hand, there's Ruth Wilson playing Alison Bailey, who is this, you know, waitress who is married to a guy called Cole, hmm. who belongs to this family of ranchers. And uh, they uh, are dealing with the loss of their baby. Yeah. So she's also at the crossroads of a life where she feels like the death of that child has severely affected their marriage. All of this, by the way, happened five seasons ago so if anybody who's watched the affair and wondering why the hell we are doing this recap it's only for those people who haven't really watched yeah, it yeah because this don't be just,
0: such a TV snob just because you've reached season 5 yeah. doesn't mean that others no, it's have also, reached season 5 it's also
1: a little odd for me and Janice to do it because like we literally watched all of this five years ago but we are just laying down the foundation to what the show was about and, and also the
0: reason we are doing this episode is because the affair has finally come to an end and you know for the last one year that we have been doing this show We've constantly thought about when would be a good time to talk about to The Affair. W- yeah, because yeah. again, The Affair is one of those shows that Anirudh and I have gone back to and tuned in every year as a new season. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. The Affair uh, was one of our favorite shows. One we used to wait for every year and we just watched the fifth season. And, uh, you know, we went into it thinking that, you know, again, because the show, so much has happened in the course of these five years. Even though it's been five seasons in terms of story timeline it's moved 10 to 12 years so the mm. characters have really aged
0: yeah Dominic West is like life face, fashion lines have really like they're almost like scars on his face at this
1: point yeah because also he's been through so much shit in life so these characters have on the really, show
0: on the show real life yeah, I, I, no mean, no idea. I meant
1: like on the show and these characters have just you know gone through so much uh, that it was interesting to see how they ended, and we came away really, really pleasantly surprised, right? Because we really thought that it was a great season. I absolutely loved. I also feel that a fair season five is one of the best sort of bookending to any such story ever told. Yeah. Because when you think about it, from now episode one of season one and the last episode of season five, it feels like several chapters in a really well-written novel you know, where where people have aged and the next generation's story, for example, has taken precedence And also you're
0: still More or less stuck with All the same characters Who you started out the show with I mean in the first episode I still remember It's like you know Dominic West Maura Tierney And their entire happy family In this small New York house And you know It's the picture perfect family Or so you think Because one of the great things About the show Is the way they tell the story Right So you've got Four principal characters You've got Helen You've got uh, Cole Cole, You've got Alison And you've got Noah. Noah And each of them is telling the story and the same incidents in their own from their own POV so what you realize is for example Helen may look at something and think oh this was a happy day in our lives but when Noah sees the same day he, he, was, he was miserable he was feeling like a piece of shit same way when you cut to Cole's point of view he's thinking that everything is perfect in his marriage with Alice, and they're actually moving forward but when you see it from Alison's POV you realize that she is suicidal she is depressed she's constantly going into the water because that's where they lost their son so it's interesting they employ that entire unreliable narrator from the first episode, which is what really makes this show interesting. I mean, I feel like even as a drama, they could have told us the story in a very linear fashion. And it might still have worked because you don't know that the story in itself has enough content and enough twists and turns over five seasons to make it interesting and keep the viewer engaged. But the fact that they use this trope, and you don't know what a different characters going to see and it's always about mainly three or four characters i mean your four principal characters are there in every season in a few seasons actually in the last two seasons is when they've also introduced other narratives like in one maybe they've introduced the daughter somewhere else they've introduced another new characters but they've stuck to this entire unreliable narrator narrative
1: so it's basically the classic Rashomon technique of storytelling, right, which is actually employed mostly in thrillers and suspense dramas. Yeah, where, say, for example, a murder's taken place, and then you are interviewing various witnesses, and they all have a different way of recounting what really happened. And what was interesting when Affair did it first in the first season was that a initially it felt maybe like a gimmick. But over time, like you said, it got embedded in the DNA of the show and actually made the storytelling even better. So in the first season, in fact, you only saw two points of view. You only saw Noah and Alison's point of view. That is it. No other. Uh, Because it was a show which was so obsessed with these two people who've had an affair with each other and how they view their affair And hence, I mean, if you're going back to the basics about what the show was initially about, about how they view the affair independently. So while one feels like, like in Noah's version, you felt like Alison kind of led him on. Yeah. And he had, you know, the best intentions. From Alison's point of view, Noah seems like a bit of a, you know, sort of slightly helpless party in the scenario. What was nice is that, when you felt like after season one ended and you felt like there was nowhere else the show could go is when they introduced the points of view of Cole and the Maura Tierney character, which just opened up the show to such new scenarios because in season two, they're dealing with the, uh, breakdown,
0: of their the breakdown
1: of the relationship in the aftermath of the affair. And it's just like the show just expanded into new territories because now you were just... You know, following these four characters, doing, going about their own way, but still dealing with the baggage and the sadness of the events of season one.
0: So over five seasons, I think what I've come to realize is that all of this narration, right? And when you're seeing their points of views, like you said, when you use it in a murder mystery, or you use it in a thriller, it's often to sometimes confuse the audience, or it is to confuse the person, the detective, or the law enforcement agency that's actually trying to crack the case, right? In this case, what I've realized, at least for me over five seasons, is that all the characters are using this unreliable narrative way of sort of, you know, storytelling, to kind of make the audience understand why they're doing what they're doing. Right, as in they're trying to almost justify their actions so for example if Noah's actually in real life if you saw it as a drama if you would think that he's an adultery you know like an adulterer and a cheating husband and actually a pretty much a dick of a man when you see it in his narrative you start to understand why he's doing certain things and you actually begin to empathize which I don't think would have happened if the story were just told as is yeah
1: but you know those used to be my favorite bits of the show initially I would want to see how a story is being told from the other perspective as well. It's almost, it kept you hooked to the show. So for example, in a scene between Helen and Noah... Helen is looking, you know, sort of frazzled about something. And Noah is this really a amusing guy, happy-go-lucky... And, you know, sort of making light of the situation. In Noah's point of view, she would be an impeccably dressed person... Who's also slightly seductive. Yeah,
0: yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and wearing red lipstick suddenly, suddenly. When yeah, actually in her point of view, she's got pale lips.
1: Yeah, and he's suddenly dressed up... You know, he's the one looking frazzled. And I like that, you know, it. the most important aspect is that in every version everyone is sympathetic to their own cause. They're all very self-sympathetic, which I guess, I mean, maybe it's like real life as well. You know, we tend to see things from our point of view. And I love how they sort of, you know, project that on screen. But coming back to season five, the reason we are really talking about this is that, I mean, if you get through season one and two, which were fantastic seasons, and then in season three and four, the show took certain turns which might seem questionable but it just basically kept the engine running actually
0: no more than questionable it was just exhausting because you know again the i remember the affair is a show that we loved in season one and two because season one is where they have the affair then season two is where the relationships have broken down and you're like now what the aftermath and then three and four you're like abhi kya karega
1: no but again i'm saying that while that is a fair point where you wonder what they're going to do with it You know, you've got to give credit to the creators and the writers, they still manage to spin out interesting seasons because by then ha. you were so invested in the characters that it really doesn't matter what happened before or after you were just invested in their journeys. No, no.
0: The reason I'm saying this is because I think in comparison to season 1 and 2, season 3 and 4 were relatively okay. They weren't great seasons. But that happens Which is a lot. also why I think you and I were very hesitant when we decided to watch season 5. Yeah, because yeah, we yeah, yeah, all, yeah. it was always on our list of shows to eventually finish. Yeah. But we were like "Pata nahi kya karenge? And then one simple Google search showed us that the Audience and critics had reacted to this show like fantastically and were yeah. like, okay. We know that Ruth Wilson is no longer a part of the show for whatever yeah. reasons. I mean, you will discover if you watch all four seasons. But we were like, with Ruth Wilson, who for me and for you was a great Was reason. a find
1: of the show in many ways. Yeah, yeah. like she, she rose to start. So, him. you
0: know, in a lot of ways, I think there was a lot of loyal fan following for the show because Ruth Wilson was such an integral part of the show. When she left in season four and then season five came and I'm just like, now why are we still watching the show and it got great reviews is when Gohan and I finally said, up to have to No, ba. so
1: imagine it goes from a two-character show to a four-character show in season two and then it goes to become a multiple-character show in time and then they go back to it being a two-character show in a sense even though they show more points of view uh, you know, Alison's character has left the show. As a result, Cole's character has become kind of irrelevant. Now what has happened is that it's entirely Noah and Helen. And you wonder, why would you want to be invested, you know, in a relationship that you've seen the breakdown of over four seasons and that's where season five excelled. Because this entire season was about how our every decision that we take during the course of our lifetimes Mm. never really leave us in a tangible way.
0: And it's not just like Helen and Noah are talking about us in the current scenario because the show goes one step further. We also see a futuristic
1: perspective of what's going to happen 30 years down the line. That's something like they just throw in. So when the first time jump happened, I thought that they'd come and they cast Anna Paquin, you know, to play the lead in that storyline and you just wonder what the hell is happening because yeah you're a
0: little like is just yeah, so futuristic it's and scientific it's totally
1: so off because it suddenly a relationship drama turns into an episode of black mirror
0: yeah yeah but yeah, yeah.
1: but to their effect the way they bring it together you know the and it's it's basically letting us know that the effects of our relationship you know is passed down generations right yeah, it's is... it's to show that you may have done something unintentionally 30, 40, 50 years ago, but you don't know how it's going to come to impact the lives of your children and grandchildren. Correct. But what I liked about it more than anything else was that that whole Noah and Helen relationship, which we've seen go through so much turmoil, so many ups and downs. Yeah, and you just
0: can't understand why Helen is so... I mean, she's like a walkover when it comes to Noah, which also they go into in, in depth in this season. No, it's
1: great. It's like you see new... I feel like the... A season like this can only be written and executed if you have gone through the process of developing because by now the writers know the characters so damn well Hmm. that it's almost like seeing real life. It's crazy because you are suddenly making references to incidents that happened in season one and two which makes so much sense. You know, it's almost like there was an incident that happened, say, between Noah and his daughter in season 2, which was like something that you forgot about because it was only relevant for that point of time. And now when she's older, she brings up that incident, and then you spin off an entire emotional baggage of what that incident did to that girl. And it's excellent because you can relate to it, right? You can, if, say, we remember an interaction that happened with a family member nine years ago, And, you know, you kind of tend to have gotten over it. But if it still continues to haunt you in some way and you don't realize it, and then when it comes out, you know, it's sort of, it's almost like a dam uh, is let open. I think that's such a fascinating... you know sort of track to to explore right
0: which is also very important why you must never ever skip the recap on this show Yeah. you know we were talking about the recap yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. and I just realized when you said that that oh my god this is why we could not skip the recap because it's never just you can't about skip the last the episode yeah and also there's so much that's happened with all the characters on the show I mean five seasons you guys so obviously if you skip the recap you're going to miss out on the link in the current season
1: yeah like for example your ninth episode might have of the recap might be made of the 8th episode... But there might be one incident in season 2... Which they might just want to remind you of... Because they are going to refer to it in this episode... Which I thought was brilliantly done
0: Alright, so they did many things on this season They, I think, brought home I mean, they took it a full circle And they brought it finally home And they delivered well on Noah and Helen's relationship They also tied all the children's tracks I thought very, very nicely Yeah, yeah. Also the futuristic track Which, I mean, grew on us pretty quickly I mean, the first time we saw it We were like, oh, okay, what the f- is happening The second, third time we started to understand That it's obviously going to have a callback To what's happening yeah, in yeah. their actual life That we're seeing on screen yeah. They did a lot of things really, really well. And I also feel like the way they did that final scene with Noah was very nice. Outstanding.
1: And I, I, mean, I mean, it's also so unexpected
0: be, on a show like which this. Which is why
1: I'm saying for me now, after having watched five seasons, The Affair is not a TV show. It's almost like a great novel being just projected onto the screen. Because uh, now that I have watched the end, I feel like. If you watch The Affair, you have to commit to watching all five seasons because the payoff of sticking around till the end is massive. Because uh, that's where you really, really realize the impact of the show, right?
0: Yeah, this we're saying specifically to all those of you who've given up midway through season 4. Or never because watched Because we it. know a lot of people who actually stopped watching the show after season 3 because they were like, oh, it's too tiring, it's too exhausting, Up what else Karenge, But no, season 5 is a good payoff. Season 5 is also a good way to say goodbye to all those characters because genuinely their stories have now sort of come a full circle.
1: Yeah, and it's a hard task. It's a hard task to end any show as we've seen over multiple, multiple, uh, you know, instances that not all great shows end well necessarily yeah we're Uh, watching Homeland's
0: final season and we are praying every episode we're like please don't disappoint us please don't disappoint us yeah
1: yeah yeah. I think the affair had a slightly tougher job to do because they were not dealing with it's still the same characters in the same situation over a period of time what do you
0: mean Homeland has all the same characters coming back yeah but they're they're at least yeah
1: but they're they're dealing with new like we've discussed in the Homeland episode they're dealing with newer sort of political geopolitical issues at least there is some newness to a new season of Homeland even though it's like it's like watching the same old thing in a new it's like old wine in a new bottle but affair is old wine in an old bottle and you got to you know, sort of, yeah, but just tastes, that.
0: tastes really good. It's like you took it out after 20 years and you're like, Oh, wow, this is uh, so. Is that
1: what new? it is on our bingo meter? It's Oh, like, are we
0: doing our bingo meter first? Yeah, so in, on our bingo meter, it's like,
1: You just said it, it's a bottle of old wine. Yeah, it's a
0: bottle of old wine that you put away in your storage and you took it out after a really long time and it actually tastes better than you remember. Yeah, that's wow, perfect. Wow, wow, excellent, Janice, wow. Janice.
1: You're so good at I this. I know, I'm
0: so good at this. What about our scene stealer? So, season I won't five? pick
1: a scene stealer of season five, I'll pick a scene stealer across the You can't say Ruth Wilson. No, it'll be Maura Tierney for me. In fact, even in the earlier see Maura Tierney is just somebody I've been a fan of in, you know, whenever she appears on shows and she's usually done these bit parts on films and TV shows and she's just got this amazing screen presence and quality. And, you know, she played that typical hapless wife Mm. in the first Couple of seasons, who was just essentially reacting to her husband's infidelity. But I really like the fact that Maura Tierney has come into her own, her character has come into her own over a course of five seasons. Like she's now a character independent of her relationship with Noah. Hmm. And I feel like with every passing season, she's got more to do. And especially this season, the final one, she's absolutely fantastic. Every time she appears on scene, it just you know on screen you you want to watch her
0: My scene stealer is someone I'm going to pick from season 5 of The Affair uh, he's there pretty much through the season but he's not part of the original principal cast his name is Clay's Bang and he plays Sasha Mann, the superstar of course who's Helen aka Mora Tierney's boyfriend and he's, he's <clears> like <throat> a
1: sort of Tom Cruise-ish character yeah
0: yeah they've also sort of played him very like a Tom Cruise-ish character like a superstar who went through a life-changing incident and then you know sort of decided to follow philosophy And you know Decided to give up All his worldly possessions And lives a bit like a Not a pauper But just like someone Who does not own Too many material possessions He's introduced As a really nice guy The first time you see him You look at him And you know You know how actors Sometimes want to come across As we are so humble We are so nice We are so generous We are so lovable but actually over a period of time as the onion layers peel off you realize that they're actually just full of themselves he plays that to perfection
1: yeah with a lot of self awareness with a lot
0: of self awareness like he's not apologetic about the fact that he's actually an asshole Hmm. and also is probably very aware of it he's also not like afraid of when he gets caught for many things that he does in season 5 he's very unapologetic about why he's done what he's done because in his head he's still being righteous and I feel like for someone to come in in the last season he and probably Anna Paquin because you know they didn't have actual backstories but yet they come in in the last season and they contribute the right amount but more Clay's Bang who plays Sasha Mann than Anna Paquin for me
1: yeah so we'll just quickly before we wrap up the show talk about the wow moment of the season and for me The wow moment of the season, and I hope you agree with me on this, is very clearly a scene which is unimaginably good, which basically just has Noah and Helen's characters who have gone through so much over five seasons, 10 years, having this walk and just basically recapping What went wrong with their relationship? And it is such a cathartic moment for even the audience. Hmm. Because it's like watching two friends... Who you've seen go from being in love with each other... To breaking up... To now having reached a sense of comfort with each other. And you know, they essentially just look back at their life... And they ask each other questions which are... You know, which are questions you would imagine... Asking your partner years later. Like for example... She asks him whether she really he really fell in love with Alison. And it's like such a it's such a great way to mention Alison and do a throwback to Ruth Wilson's yeah. character because you are now in the final episode of the show, going back to that first episode moment where, you know, while he's talking about meeting Ruth Wilson, you're cutting to the first time he saw her, for example. And I feel it requires real mastery and real thought and contemplation to be able to do that where you not just tie all the loose ends, but you also make sure that you do a throwback and give tribute to what made your show so popular in the first place. It's like going over the affair (laughs) all over again uh, and doing a post-mortem of it. And it just ends with them being at peace with each other. And I just felt like that was the ideal end for the show
0: I mean I agree with you that was a great wow moment but I actually have one more it's because I feel like you know um, Noah and Helen's children they've seen their parents go through so much and they pretty much blame their father for everything so you don't think that there's ever going to be a point in the show where all the four kids are going to be on the same page about yeah. their parents yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, being you know a liking each other again and possibly even falling in love with each other again and yet when you know when Whitney's getting married in real life and you know no Noah has been banned from this wedding. But you've been told as the audience that behind the scenes, he's organized everything. And there's this moment where Whitney finally realizes that her father's really put together her dream wedding. And all the children then sort of get together to find a way to escape. I mean, she escapes her own wedding to go to the motel where the father is staying. And the mother has already reached there and there's sort of a lovemaking scene going on. But for me, I'm a sucker for happy endings. So I was really happy to see that, you know, all the children are also now on board with the fact that the mother and father are going to get back together. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that because that for me was the was the best way to possibly tie that entire family thread.
1: Yeah, but you know, talking about season Teen stealers, in fact, you mentioned Whitney. It's played by Julia goldani tellis Is this actor we've seen from f- across five seasons and she started off as that... Typical annoying teenager. I have always felt like every show, whether it's the Americans, Homeland, Affair, always has always has that one angsty teenage daughter who brings all the conflict in the family, who's difficult, who is not rea- who's got her, who's on her own trip basically, Rebel while, cause, while huh? the world is falling apart around her. And she just seemed like such a cliched character. But this actor, you can actually see her growth across five seasons. She's gone from being a kid to being an adult on the show and a really likeable adult and a really likeable adult and I think that she gives some of the she gives the best perform- I mean among the best performances of the new season and I think that's really something
0: I think you, one thing you guys might have gathered from uh, this podcast is that there's lots to love about the current season so really if you're one of those who's not sort of finished all five seasons we urge you to go back and watch it I think it's on Prime it's on Hotstar it's one of those shows that's available on multiple platforms by the way so take your- your pick, but go finish the show. And if you like it, and if you enjoy it as much as we did, send right. send us a DM, send us a comment, and say, hey, thanks. Ah, you sent me back to watch that show. Kafi maza aaya.
1: Actually, you're right. You know, I just thought about it. When you go to Firestick and search for the affair, it gives you hits for Hotstar, Amazon Prime Video, and Netflix. That's amazing. But Netflix
0: has only got the early season. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm
1: saying, just imagine if you have any doubts about the popularity of the show. Three Indian streaming services have. Variety of episodes uh, of the show, but Hotstar is the only one which has all five seasons. No, Prime has all seasons as well. Okay, all right. Uh, But uh, but yeah, the affair has been a great ride. I'm glad that you know we stuck around and watched all five seasons of it. That was Janice and me recapping five seasons of The Affair. It's now over but you can check it out on Hotstar and if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow IBM on their social media their IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram and if you want to reach out to either Janice or me Janice is at janice 85 on Twitter and Instagram and I I'm at Ani on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next week with yet another show. Tune in next week.